0: I'm Catherine Lanfer, and this is Iran and the Bomb on America Abroad. In the past several months, the European position against Iran has hardened. Along with financial and economic sanctions, in January, the European Union announced an oil embargo set to start in July. Megan Williams traveled to Brussels, Berlin, and Italy to better understand Europe's tough policy and how Europeans feel about it. My role is absolutely clear. I am... Uh, under the Security Council, uh, asked to lead the discussions, the talks with Iran. And I do so with that clear mandate and with clear purpose. Inside the European Parliament, the EU's Head of Foreign Affairs and Security, Catherine Ashton, responds to questions about foreign affairs concerns of members of Parliament. I'm looking for a solution. I do not believe it will be done in one discussion. I do believe it can be done. And that's what I will seek to do. Ashton is under intense pressure that talks with Iran yield some concrete result soon. But talk isn't the only strategy Ashton and the EU are pushing. They've adopted what they refer to as a twin-track approach to Iran, a combination of what they call openness to meaningful negotiation on the nuclear issue without preconditions, and, on the other hand, a series of hard-hitting financial and trade sanctions, and most recently, a pan-European oil embargo set to take effect in July. Combining negotiations with economic pressure is the approach championed by Britain, and especially by French President Nicolas Sarkozy. Both France and England are deeply concerned about the recent International Atomic Energy Agency report, which showed Iran is likely seeking nuclear weapons capability. But the increased sanctions pushed by the two countries have many European officials quietly concerned.
1: Hello. Hello. Hi, nice to meet you. <laughs> nice to meet you. Tarek Kronberg really is. is my
0: name. In another wing of the European Parliament building where Ashton is speaking, I meet Tarja Kronberg in her light-filled corner office overlooking Brussels' city centre. Kronberg is a Finnish member of European Parliament and chair of its Delegation for Relations with Iran, a committee that offers recommendations to Ashton's office. She says the new EU sanctions and embargo mark an unfortunate shift in Europe's approach.
1: First of all, I think one has to make the distinction between uh, American understanding of Iran and European understanding of Iran. I visited the States a couple of weeks ago and and found out that, for example, 30% of the Americans think that Iran is the enemy number one. In in Europe, you don't have this kind of... really hostile uh, attitude towards Iran. That wasn't all she noticed. Great difference between Europe and, and the U.S. was also that in the U.S. you had a lot of war talk. There were seminars on on whether there will be a military strike or if there will be, by whom, and and people were not talking so much of negotiations. But I think in Europe you find that people don't really believe that there's any reality behind this. And it's not sort of on our agenda in the same way.
0: What is on the European agenda is the public debt crisis and recession. People, leaders included, just don't have that much energy or time to devote to foreign matters like Iran. Even when those matters affect their finances and mobility, like the rising price of oil.
1: I think Europe is sort of sleeping in this sense, and well, people feel that if something happens in Iran it has no consequences for us. But of course it has consequences, and especially for many of the countries which right now are in very difficult economic situations, like all the southern European countries, which are also the countries importing oil from Iran for cheap prices. Like
0: Italy. On a usually traffic jam boulevard in Rome, Alvero Catalucci stands in front of his gas station watching a light stream of cars pass by.
1: (inaudible) Gas sales are down 20 to 30 percent. Why? Because the price of crude oil has risen and since December, people are consuming less.
0: Catalucci has been pumping gas in Rome for the past three decades. In all that time, he says he's never noticed a drop in traffic and customers, like the one that began last December, when the price of gas began to rise to almost $9.50 a gallon. Catalucci blames the recent tax hikes in the wake of Italy's financial crisis for the price rise. When I ask him if Iran enters the equation, he says...
1: No. "No, I haven't heard anything about Iran on TV or rumors about Iran in the gas business. For now, everything seems calm.
0: But experts say what's really responsible for rising gas prices is the pending oil embargo. Iran exports 20% of its oil to Europe. 13% of Italian oil comes from Iran.
1: innovations... Italian businesses
0: aren't the only ones backing away from Iran. The German-owned Siemens for years was just one company that did bustling business with Iran. Two years ago, trade between the two countries totaled nearly $2 billion. With Germany selling Iran things like non-military mechanical items.
1: Whatever the ups and downs of global politics have been, the Germans and the Iranians got along very well.
0: At a quiet square in West Berlin, I meet Walter Posch, an Iran expert with the German Institute for International and Security Affairs. He says under heavy American pressure, German business ties with Iran are being severed. But Posh says his objections to Germany going along with the EU sanctions aren't just about German companies losing out. It's very much that with this sanctioning regime, you're bound to rules and regulations formulated, not even in your own country, not even in Brussels, but somewhere else. Later in the day, a talk sponsored by the German left party of politicians and activists who oppose the EU sanctions, saying they're more about regime change than nuclear concerns. Monitoring the meeting is a spokesperson for another political group, one that takes credit for German businesses pulling out of Iran, the Berlin-based Stop the Bomb pressure group. Spokesperson Jonathan Weckle says that by naming companies doing business with Iran, Stop the Bomb gave the U.S. the information it needed to put pressure on Europe to cut its economic ties.
1: What we did is playing something like a whistleblower so we tried to send our message not only to the German public but to the international public and we found that the audience uh, and the publicity in uh, the US for example also of course in Israel and also in other European countries were often much more interested in what we had to say than the German so um, I think uh, we played a role in making a lot of details and names known in the U.S., so that from there, as a reaction, came pressure on German government and on uh, German companies.
0: While Europeans differ in opinion in the best tactic to take with Iran, almost all experts and politicians agree that Iran acquiring nuclear capability would set off a destabilizing chain reaction.
1: The Europeans tend to see Iran mostly as a regional question.
0: Roberto Menotti is a senior research fellow with the Aspen Institute in Rome. He says, while European concerns over Iran's disputed nuclear program are mostly regional, that doesn't make them any less urgent.
1: It is a threat to some countries of the region, therefore it is destabilizing. Iran affects the Israeli-Palestinian issue. Iran affects the attitude of Turkey. Saudi Arabia, uh, Russia, so to us it tends to be more of a big problem, but at the regional level, and it's a country that is uh, relatively close to Europe. Let's not forget that some Iranian missiles could already reach parts of Europe, so the problem is, is imminent.
0: For America Abroad, I'm Megan Williams in Rome.